Oh my goodness. Okay. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay, great. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the sometimes twice weekly show inspired by the show Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Hillary H. Baum Garrett Livingston Butler. I've got to get all of my names in. Um, coming to you from the Middle Aged Mama Studios in Surface of the Sun, Austin, Texas. It's uh, really, really hot here, but um, it's officially summer now. But can you feel a little chill in the air? That must mean it's a coven episode of LRB. (laughs) The witches are here. Uh, Joining me today from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne Don't At Me Bro Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hi, Hillary. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Are you staying um, unbroiled? I am because I am have... I'm okay with a bill that's approximately half of my mortgage sure, for my sure, HVAC sure. in the summer. We've just, Dave and I are hot people. We can't, I'm not okay being hot. Like I can't, the AC has to be at like 70. Like it has to be going at all times. So yeah, it's fine. I'm spending a lot of money this summer, but I live here. I choose it. So, you know, that's what it is. Yep. Um, also joining me, obviously, from the Home Sweet Home Money Pit Studios, it's Meredith, the MBH, Van Ham, Ham Ham, Horn Horn, Van Horn. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> it's Vav Ham to you. <laughs> that sounds vaguely dirty. <laughs> it does. A lot of it does. Ham Meredith is one I've gotten recently. That's good, too. I like that. Like your dad is Burgess Meredith and your name is... Yes. <laughs> He named you. My he dad told I, I was complaining to him. I was like, why did you, why do we have this name? This is horrible. And he's like, one time I got Van Har Har. So <laughs> you're doing pretty good, kid. Oh, I don't know why. I think it's so funny. I'm just going to keep It's so stupid. Uh, okay. Um, as usual, we're going to go through some LRB business, tackle this week's TBTL hot topics, um, slash baseball seating arrangements. Um, do some housekeeping and finally tell y'all how to get involved. Uh, and with that, Anne, do we have any witchy business? Oh, we have plenty of witchy <laughs> business today. First up, we are just over a month away from the LRB picnic, Yay. Friday, July 26th, 5 p.m. ish, or whenever you get around to it, at Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline, outside of Seattle. Uh, we're looking forward to it. As we've said before, please bring things that don't have sneaky meat in them so that Chrissy doesn't have to be afraid of what she's getting, <laughs> along with our other vegetarians slash, slash vegans. And prepare yourselves for the Oreo taste test. It's going to happen. I was at the grocery store this week, and there was an end cap that had special edition Oreos celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. <laughs> so <And> I, <laughs> the pairing is so random. But I love Wait, so it. they taste like cheese or something? What's the, what's the I, moon? I don't tie-in? know. I think they just sort of look like the surface of the moon a little bit. I was mm. very tempted. I was like, well, we're five weeks out of this. Should I be buying Oreos now? If you can refrain from opening them, but I wouldn't be able to have well, that self Well, that is a problem. That is a problem. 
So I, I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to have to chop up these Oreos because if we have like a dozen different kinds of Oreos, um, I I mean, I can eat a dozen Oreos, but it might sure. be better for my health if we <laughs> yes. had 12 quarter Oreos. So we'll we'll figure it out. Then we can chop and screw some. <laughs> no, that sure. would be bad. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Have we ever thought doing alcoholic Oreos? You could take them apart and scrape the cream out and mix booze in and then put them pipe them back into the cookie. I like I've researched these recipes extensively. <laughs> I am going to do this. It's like jello shots in Oreo form. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little more involved and the downside is you have to handle each one <laughs> a lot. Right. <laughs> right. right. So you have to take yeah. the cream out and remix yeah. it and then put it back in. Yeah. So that icks me out a little bit just as, you know, to serve it to a whole bunch of other people. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I'd, I wish there was just some way to like inject Yes. Booze into it. <laughs> Get soak them. Make yeah. like a tiramisu or something out of yeah. Oreos. That'd be I'm interesting. Sh- I'm interesting. sure like the Tasty videos or something has something along. Those oh lines. yeah, BuzzFeed's tackled this for yes. sure, right? <laughs> what if you poured a very thin layer of alcohol into like a tray and you took the Oreos apart and just turned it cream side down into Ooh. the tray to just let them soak it up and yeah. then put it back together? That'd Ooh. probably work. Yeah. We, I'll, I'll do some experiments, you guys. Don't okay, worry. good. For science. For science. Um, so everybody, if you can, we would love to see you there. I don't think we'll have the alcoholic Oreos at the picnic, but you never know. TBD, you never yeah. know. So um, come one, come all. We'll be very happy to see you. I'm moving on in business. I need to tell everybody that I'm probably going to have to move to Pasadena. I support it. I've been... Hmm thinking about it a lot lately. I wasn't on the show last weekend because my brother and sister-in-law were here. And more importantly, they brought my nephew who is now 18 months old and he is so stinking cute. He's so cute that I, I really just need to move to Pasadena so that I can be close to this kid and he's he's at the stage where he's walking real well and he's now having like a a flurry of development where he's starting to learn words (laughs) and he learned my name I would say within five minutes of leaving the airport and from then on whenever he is looking for me or he wants me he'll say and 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 I die yeah you're like whatever you want exactly he is just a very sweet sunny good-natured kid so he i don't i this is like why i'm psychotic i generally only think like my kids are cute like i don't for whatever reason i think my kids are cute other kids are fine but i'm (laughs) the only ones that like appeal to me are my own children but he is bare. He is really, really cute. Yeah, like he I, is. he is like objectively a really handsome toddler, <laughs> and he's super busy. He's not like a really outwardly affectionate kid. Like he's not into like snuggles and cuddles yeah. and stuff because he's busy. He needs to be about his business. <laughs> he needs to make the circuit of Grandpa and Grandma's house and check out all the ceiling fans and make sure that they are all where they were three minutes ago. <clears throat> He has to stay on schedule, but we were over there on, on Sunday night and we had a big family dinner and a couple of my mom's sisters came with various members of their family. And so the house is full of really tall people talking loudly <laughs> who wanted to interact with him. And he wasn't freaked out like he wasn't hiding 
But he was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be working on this, this fan inventory. <laughs> I've got things to do. Exactly. But there was one point when I was like putting something in the refrigerator and I felt the little hand like clutch the bottom of my hem. Mm. And he was standing next to me and he leaned against me and put his head on my leg and just looked up and I stroked his head briefly and said, hi, Henry. And he just went off. And it was like the only outward sign of affection he gave to me the whole weekend. But Aww. it was just perfect. Oh, so. yeah, you should your heart burst. It really live. does. It does. I mean, yeah. The traffic in Los Angeles sucks, but if you just stay on that side, like you're good, mm-hmm. you're right? Fine. Just stay on the east side. Pasadena is beautiful. It's you know the Rose Bowl's right there. They have a flea market that's really cool. Uh, I, I I support it. All right. Well, I'm going to start looking for efficiency apartments that maybe I can afford. <laughs> Uh, but moving on business, Hillary, this is a very cryptic thing you have written here. You have a crying problem? I mean... You're not a crier. I am a crier in, like, a very niche area, and that is when I go to the movie theater for some reason. Oh, it, yes. We it, did it know do- that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. And I don't really cry necessarily at home watching a movie, but if I am in the theater, I am moved to cry a lot. So I... I mean, I think it's been well chronicled here. I like any movie I see, I ball at the end of it for whatever reason. I just cry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last week the kids and I went to go see The Secret Life of Pets too, and I <laughs> <laughs> bawled at the end of it. Like Bridget was like rubbing my arm, like you're okay, oh. Bobby, you're okay. <laughs> I mean, there was it was like kids and dogs and you know that like well, I, sure. I, yeah you know it brought up some memories when I went to go see Coco with Bridget a few like two years ago or whatever I like couldn't breathe I was crying so hard Aww. I was like <laughs> and she still kind of remember I think I might have scarred her with that it was it was too much um but that means um tomorrow I'm gonna take the kids to go see Toy Story 4 I mean I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't I don't know if I'm going to survive it. The kids might have to figure out a way to call daddy to <laughs> to pick them up. Anyway, I just it's it's so weird because I'm not really a crier like in real life. That's not I don't unless, you know, I'm at a funeral or something. I I don't, I don't really cry that much, but for some reason at the movie theaters, it just gets me. And I just was cracking up that it was The Secret Life of Pets 2. I didn't even like The Secret Life of Pets 1. I didn't even really like this movie that much. But there we are, crying at, like, Kevin Hart or, I don't know, whoever the voice of Pat. I don't know who it is. Whatever. Pat Oswald maybe talking There's to There's something kid. about these cartoon... I, I don't know what it is, but I'm not much of a crier at all, especially not at movies. But the first movie I ever cried at was Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I was like 20. <laughs> I mean, I cried I cried so hard at the Fox and the Hound oh, that my mom God. had to take me out of the theater, but I was four. <laughs> oh, God. I did. My mom used to have to take me out. I, the first, one of my first movie memories, thanks mom, is taking me to the never ending story. And, oh no. And when the horse starts sinking, I was like screaming. Yeah. I was like, ah, no. My mom's like, He's going to come back. She's going to come back. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I just couldn't, couldn't handle it. And even like, there'll be special screenings of the never ending story. And I'm like, nope, I, can't, I still can't do it. I still, I still can't do it. Yeah. So anyway, pray for me or whatever. Think good thoughts for me tomorrow. I might be a puddle next time I'm here. All right. <laughs> 
Um, Meredith, you had a somewhat more legitimately sad week, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've got two bits of news, and, and I'm starting with the, the sad one. My my grandfather passed last week. Um, he was 85, and he had chronic uh, lymphocytic leukemia, which is the kind of leukemia that you can have for a long, long time. He had it for like 10, 15 years. Um, and it finally kind of just, it kind of did him in. Um, but he was um, he was ready for it. It's, it's actually about um, the best way that you could go. I think he, he, he was prepared. He was ready. Um, he didn't feel pain. You know, he was excited for the, he saw it as like a journey, you know, he was like, this is going to be interesting. This experience. And that's kind of how he was looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was, it's comforting for us that he was like not scared and not in pain. Um, and he was an extremely exact person. He was in the air force. Um, he was a pilot. And then after that he worked for Lear, um, on their navigation systems. Um, and he was, you know, an engineer, um, and super precise about everything. And he was visiting with his pastor, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday last week. And his pastor said, okay, well, I'll come back and see you on Friday. And my grandpa said, oh, don't worry about that. I won't be here. Um, (laughs) wow. (laughs) And sure enough, he died on Thursday morning, early Thursday morning. So he even knew, like, and, and he was asking my dad, he's like, when's the funeral going to be? Like, as if he was needed to put it on his calendar. <laughs> like, what time is it going to be? You know, he wanted to know all the details about it. It's like, You're, we'll get you there. Don't worry about it, but <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with transportation and stuff. So he was cremated. Um, the funeral was on Saturday, so I spent some time in Grand Rapids, and I had a few days. I get three days off bereavement leave, which is pretty sweet. Um, so I had a nice long little vacation there. I spent some time with my family. I got to see my grandmother is still alive. Um, and, uh, she was doing pretty well. Um, I had a nice long talk with her after the funeral and she is super excited mostly to move to, from one, um, assisted living place that they're in right now, or she's in to one that she wanted to move in to begin with. Uh, (laughs) She's like, they require 30 days notice, but I think maybe because he died so suddenly they'll waive it. (laughs) She's like, yes, I get to move. So that was pretty funny. It was nice, and it was a classic Midwest um, funeral um, with the service. And then afterwards, there was uh, ba- you know basement lunch sure. with um, rolls with ham and cheese on them, and mm-hmm. ambrosia marshmallow salad, Ooh. marshmallow jello salad, um, mediocre coffee, and a sheet cake. You know, it was this very yeah. very Midwest basement uh, lunch. And um, but during the funeral, the thing that made me um, cry the most is that he was, he was in the air force. And so they had the special force, like special guard, I think is what they're called. Um, they drove up from Dayton to do the flag ceremony and play taps. And so there were a couple horn, there was a horn player and then two people doing the flag ceremony. And it was just, it's so weird. It's such a strange ceremony to somebody who doesn't see it often and has never seen, I'd never seen it in real life. And it's so formal and strange and yeah. it, all these steps and everything is so exact. And I, I, I get it. I get why they do it. It was just odd to watch, but the part, <laughs> what I wrote in my, in the show notes is that the president ruined grandpa's funeral <laughs> <laughs> because it was all sweet and wonderful. And, and then at the end, of course, you know, they fold up the flag and they present it to my grandmother. And she said on the, on the behalf of the president of the United States. And I was like, don't bring him into this. I don't want, <laughs> she didn't say his name at least, but I was just like, Oh God damn it. 
Who make me think about the president right now? Gross. That happened to me last year when I went to my friend's dad's funeral, and that it was very, very cool. And then when she said that, I was just like, "That motherfucker!" Like yeah. I just took you out of the, the out of the, the whole thing. It and dried I, up my tears immediately because I just got mad. <laughs> oh, maybe we could think about it more as the president at the time when he served. <laughs> sure, it's, it's yeah, or like just the the office in general. Like it hasn't yeah. been totally destroyed yet, so that's kind of how I was trying to think of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's all just cry for a little while. <laughs> well, let's bring the nose up on this negativity train because there are some very special guests in in my city right now, and that would be our very own Jeremy and. Christy Wise. Um, They are, uh, Jeremy has concluded his insane road trip with his insane Honda Accord. Um, I don't want to tell their whole story, but um, they, he's made it successfully and it's, they're having a blast. (laughs) Um, Where was I when this was, I, I don't know, planned or spoken of because it's like last weekend all of a sudden Jeremy was driving across Cam- Can- Kansas and you guys were talking about this car and I was like what is happening I don't, I don't understand I don't remember much pre-planning here although Christy did you know Christy reached out to me and was like hey we, we're we might be in Detroit you know if he makes it like I'll and fly Bobby was and making him. jokes about the car on the recap and I was like I don't anything about this is this in the secret chat that i'm not allowed in no because i'm not in any secret chat well no i am in a secret chat that you're not in but it's only because we share dirty stuff that you don't want to talk about oh i'm not in Um, that chat well yeah hillary you should be in it i'll I'll, I'll invite you um i just don't like it when you share like the specifics of your kids pooping their pants right i know that's why you're not in it. It's okay. It's for your own protection. Thank you. Um, no, but I didn't know. I didn't. Maybe there's some other secret chat that I'm not aware of. But I, I, I'm, I was just as surprised as you guys about the whole car thing. But I knew that Christy was going to fly. You know, she did a red eye and, and got in early Thursday morning. Um, and Jeremy got there not long after she did. And his car made it. And he, I mean, it all kind of went to plan. And so then they got into immediately into the rental car that Christy got that actually functions. Um, so he wasn't, she didn't have to go in the jalopy for too long. <laughs> God, with the fan, like. The heat was you... on all the time. It was stuck oh. on. <laughs> he was just like trying not to die of dehydration the whole ride. Oh, it sounds awful. But he did save a boatload of money. So that's the important yep. part. Oh my gosh. Um, but the reason they, they came, they wanted to come originally is because um, Dax Shepard was doing a live uh, podcast at the Fox Theater. And um, I'd never seen his, or never listened to his podcast before, but Christy was super enthused about it. And she went to the one in Seattle and was super disappointed because Dan Savage was the guest. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just a blowhard the whole time. And she was That's so British. hyped for that show and had spent a lot on tickets. And so she's like, I'm not going to let this ruin my Dax experience. Let's see if there's a better one. And so he's from, Dax Shepard is from Detroit. And so this was like a homecoming show. And um, so I, I went with him and it was last night at the Fox Theater. And first of all, the Fox Theater is an amazing building if there there are tons of pictures of it online it's worth checking out it's an ornate gorgeous theater um and the show was peter kraus was the guest um and that from six feet under he's nate plays nate in six feet under the funeral director the older brother i think yeah of not dexter <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sports night and what's the 
What's parenthood. The, parenthood. Parenthood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that's why, because he, Dax and he were on Parenthood together. And yeah. so they, they had a conversation um, and it was pretty interesting. It was, it was a good show. I, I, you know, a lot of that, when you go to a, a podcast show of something that you're not familiar with, there's a lot of inside jokes and whatever, like themes right. and things that I didn't fully pick up on, but Christy seemed to really enjoy it. So <laughs> I'm really glad for that. And it was an interesting conversation. Peter Krause was really funny um and heartfelt and and thoughtful he was an interesting guy too so it was fun um and they've been following all my food recommendations i think they've had a really great gastronomical tour of the city and i'm very oh, jealous that i wasn't able to go with them to everything but they're do they're hitting all the 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 spots that i recommended and they seem to be having a blast jeremy's ready to move here because of one of the restaurants i told him to go to <laughs> um and didn't didn't peter cross go to your high school that right uh, i don't know if he went to my high school but he is from my hometown he's from oh, that's right, that's he went to my church that's right that's right that's right but i think he's about a dozen years yeah. older than me yeah, and yeah. we moved there when i was 12 so he would have been he was gone there. to hollywood by the time i get there but uh, you know i did all that dumb church drama stuff and he had done it too and yeah. all the drama ladies were like oh peter Krause, <laughs> he's so famous now he's so tall mm-hmm <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Cool. So I'm sending them to Buddy's Pizza, which is the one of the best pizza chains in the country, according to some news outlet, and has classic Detroit-style pizza. And um, so they're going to do that today. I think they're going home tomorrow, which would be Sunday as we were recording this. Um, they, uh, um, they went to Belle Isle. Um, they went to the conservatory there, which is like the green, you know, huge greenhouse thing and um, they're staying downtown in a pretty cool part of town and I'm kind of jealous that they're getting the like tourist yeah. version of my city that it's stuff that I don't get to do all that often. So, right. Well, cause you're busy like going to work and living your life. You're like, maybe yeah. I should <laughs> be in my city sometime. I, I should just take a staycation and do that stuff sometime. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Well, Hopefully we'll get to hear about it from their perspective. Yes. They can tell us what Detroit is really, really like. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we talk some TBTL? I, I guess, guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with a little bit of Into the Wild. Uh, the big story that Luke was excited about was that he got to go to the pig sanctuary last weekend. <laughs> As his birthday slash Father's Day present, I guess he's been talking about this pig sanctuary uh, for a while, and he talked a lot about how pigs don't have fur. I guess <laughs> they have bristles. Yeah, how pig has hair he never isn't been to a soft. petting zoo? I, I don't, I don't know, but he's never gotten up close with pigs and talked about how people are surprised when they get a little itty bitty piglet and it grows into a 400 pound. Yeah. Pig. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I Pigs, when they get big, I'm sorry. They're just not, they're not cute. cute. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a similar glow. What was I calling it in the chat? Glow down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a glow they're down. so cute when they're little babies and then they turn into these kind of ugly little face monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Marlon Brando style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this seems to have only increased his animal empathy. I think he's a vegetarian for good now. I think what it seems to me, he seems to have crossed that line where he's not really even tempted by meat anymore. I don't think that I would have much of a problem 
going vegetarian because I'm just, I'm a carb girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, that makes know? it real easy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Carbs galore. Yep. Uh, I enjoy meat. I don't have a problem eating meat, but I'm not like, ooh, I could really go for a nice steak right now. That's, so That's kind of how I am. I mean, I live in the land of barbecue and right. I like barbecue fine, but it's never anything that I'm like, ooh, barbecue. You know, that's not mm-hmm. my favorite thing. I, I like bacon, but I would never be tempted to get like a bacon tattoo or something like, <laughs> something ironic like that. But um, but yeah, That's I always good, thought I, I, I'm glad. <laughs> glad to hear that pirate bacon tattoo. Mm. But I always thought I could I thought I could be a vegetarian, not easily, but I, I think I could do it. Vegan would really be the line that I don't yep. think I could cross. I just yep. think that would be really tough. Yeah. And that just so much of, you know, either cheat or just whatever. I mean, there it's just there are secret animal elements of a lot of stuff. I like dairy. Yeah, you have to I do did, a lot yeah. of research. To, like, oh, I can't have marshmallows anymore. Yeah, Skittles. Right. Uh, no, not Skittles. <laughs> yeah. It's deal breaker. Um, <laughs> my one secret talent, well, it's not. Everybody in my family thinks it's very annoying. But when I have allergies, <laughs> um, when I have allergies, I'm like, and I, I need to itch my throat. You know, when your throat is just like, oh, you want to just, like, scratch it. Yep. The and only thing I... Sand. <laughs> I guess I can, I do this noise, which is somewhat unconscious, but everybody hates it. But it, all, it also sounds like a pig snort. So wait, hold on. I'm not trying to do it. It's like this. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only way to itch the back of your throat. It feels yeah. so good. Even my daughter's like, Mommy, stop it. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> stop it. I'm charming. <laughs> I'm so happy not to have allergies. I know. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. Have either of you ever done anything like this? Not necessarily a pig sanctuary, but an animal, a farm animal sanctuary. Um, I haven't. No. I mean, I went to, so in sixth grade, I went to school at the zoo. I've talked about this before yeah. and everybody who knows me well rolls their eyes when I bring it up because it's the only <laughs> interesting thing about me. So I bring it up a lot. Um, and I got to rebuild a petting zoo. They used us as free labor. Mm. So we tore down the petting zoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so we got to hang out with a lot of chickens and stuff and, and pigs and goats and, and whatever else they let you pet at the zoo. Yeah. yeah. I would Have say about that. No, that's about my same level. Not yeah. being used as free child labor, but going to the petting zoo. Yeah. Is all going to the state fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I used to, we used to, the Texas state fair is a big deal. Um, and oh, yes. yeah, it's like a, people freak out about it but my parents were or my dad was so cheap we would go and I would want to ride the rides on the midway I'm like but that cost extra so my dad'd be like nope we're going to the petting zoo I'm like I don't want to go to the petting zoo I want to ride the pirate ship um but it costs a fortune it it really I could not believe it the first time I went I probably spent 150 (laughs) dollars it's ridiculous it's so expensive and I didn't even I mean you can't eat that much food because it's all deep fried and you'll die if you eat like a full meal there um but everything just costs so much money all the games and the rides and food and beer I had beer that had frosting on the rim of the cup oh it was horrible (laughs) oh Absolutely not. I felt the, uh, so bad. The, the The Austin Zoo has some issues, but they it's a um, rescue zoo, so they they mm-hmm. take like kind of you know like animals that were found places or whatever. Um, and so there's a there's a big element of feeding the animals, not like the bears, but like a, you know a goat or whatever. <laughs> um, and the kids love it. I'm a little bit 
scared of it. I'm like, well, here you go. Like kind of throw it at them. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not scared of animals, but it just is the mouth to hand. I'm like, are they just going to take a little chomp of it? But yeah, um, I don't, I don't get too close. I to had that. that visceral fear. I put this picture in our in our big group chat. I we were in the garage yesterday getting ready for a bike ride, and there was a baby possum that got stuck in a bucket in the like five gallon Lowe's bucket that we have in the garage. <laughs> and Gregory saw it first, luckily, or I would have screamed. I'm not even afraid of possums. It just surprised me, you know. And it was yeah. a baby, but I was like, I don't really know if these things bite. Like, what's it gonna do? And I, a possum is nothing anybody would ever put at a petting zoo because they're scary <laughs> looking. <laughs> But it was harmless and it was just scared and stuck in a bucket um, and it was tiny and it was adorable, but it smelled awful. That's the only thing Ew. about possums is they smell really Ugh. bad. <laughs> they have like some <laughs> nasty musk. And so I, he was like, how is your heart? And I was like, is there something dead in there? Cause I can't handle that. And he's like, no, come look. And I went, Oh God. <laughs> They're just like, hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, basically. And so you just t- gently, t- you know, it was frozen. It's doing, it's poss- playing possum, right? Yeah. And it had totally frozen and wouldn't move or wouldn't do anything. And so we tipped the bucket over very gently and let it kind of escape. There's a, there's, um, the, the back wall of the garage is not the most, um, sound piece of furniture, not furniture for, of, of building Masonry. equipment, whatever. Yeah. So there are, there are holes, uh, that a baby possum could easily fit through. So we just let it find its own way out. Yeah. They're They're weird looking. Mm-hmm. possums are they have their noses are wrong their faces I, are wrong yeah i appreciate their function in life you know like they eat all sorts of horrible bugs and they don't get rabies and stuff and and good for them they, they eat mosquitoes and ticks and things but um, and don't they hiss yeah i think yeah, yeah. Threaten, the mom will hiss at you i've seen that plenty of times i just i don't need to hang out with them i, I glad i'm glad they exist but they can stay they can stay away okay so no possum sanctuary for meredith correct <laughs> you go to the pigs first yep uh, well, let's go on to the second story in this category, um, which <laughs> I just wrote, a dirt bag in Alabama has a meth addled attack squirrel. <laughs> or at least that's what the police said. I think there's no doubt that he is a dirt bag. And sure. I don't, I mean, I don't mean that critically more than, you know, the word <laughs> dirt bag is actually critical, but you're a dirt bag. No the, judgment. Right. <laughs> he's on the hook for a whole list of drug and theft burglary related charges <laughs> stolen materials and and such um but the police decided when they went to his apartment and found this aggressive squirrel in a cage that it must be because he fed the squirrel meth what so it would be an attack conclusion. squirrel <laughs> i know everybody knows that squirrels are little assholes That's they're already just... kind of methy as it is yeah, i mean they're, they're, they're squirrely i mean <laughs> There's a whole adjective. It's named after them. (laughs) There's a squirrel at my aunt's house who, they're so territorial, and it sits on the top of the garage when I park there and screams at me the whole time because it's so pissed that I'm there. So I'm not surprised that the squirrel is giving the police attitude. But so this guy showed up in a Facebook video because he... He heard all the talk about the squirrel and he was like, no, I don't give my squirrel meth because I think it would probably kill him. Not that I've tried it. He had to clarify <laughs> yeah. that no. Sure. 
So he retrieved the squirrel. Apparently it was just hanging around waiting for him and they're reunited and he's going to turn himself into the police once he figures things out. And I did uh, read a follow-up article because it's illegal to have a squirrel as a pet in Alabama, but apparently not in Tennessee. So he drove (laughs) over to Tennessee and he gave it to somebody for safekeeping, I guess. So now he has a lawyer and he's going to turn himself in and take care of all these charges. And then he and... D's nuts can be <laughs> reunited. reunited. At least it's sort of an appropriate name for a squirrel. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how delighted I was to see the name D's nuts written in the Washington Post yesterday. <laughs> it's like on, um, like when Pussy Riot was really popular or whatever, oh, they were yeah. like in the news a lot. And it was like on NPR and the New York Times, they just kept saying Pussy Riot. And I'm like, like I can't believe this is... Excuse. <laughs> I, like, I can't believe they keep saying this. I mean, whatever, of course. But it just seems hilarious that at whatever, Carl Castle or somebody is saying Pussy Riot. But you Yeah, know. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as squirrels go, Andrew doesn't care for squirrels because the campus of Kent State was infested <laughs> with black squirrels when Racist. he was going there. But, <laughs> but that's every college, right? Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. college. Because it's easy food source and yeah. it's really safe. And I remember um, when I was in grad school, I took a like an evening class once. So I was coming out around dusk and I was walking down the empty mall and there was a squirrel sitting on the edge of a trash can and I must have been upwind because it didn't notice me until like I passed within three feet of the trash can and it like caught me out of the corner of its eye (laughs) and it jumped like a foot in the air and fell into the trash can. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to go over and look in and see if it was okay but then I had a vision of like the squirrel springing straight up into my face and I was like, no. Maybe That's I'll how just... I felt about the possum. Go. I was like, it's going to jump yeah. up and bite me in the face. So I, I don't know. I, the squirrels, I, I don't think they're going to attack you on a college no. campus no. for the most part. No. So stay out of there. But way. I don't know about these black squirrels. <laughs> don't have them here. I knew Duchess was like nearing the end of her life because we have we have a really big oak tree in the backyard that Dave always threatens to cut down because it takes up a lot of space <laughs> and grass won't grow under it. Um, but it is a beautiful oak tree and there it is just a squirrel highway. I mean, they're they're like, you know, traversing all of it. And one of them was just right in front of Duchess, like right there, making all sorts of noise and kind of acting out. And normally she would, you know, like it's her it was her dream to kill a squirrel. I mean, that was like all she lived for. And she just didn't even see it. And I was like, mm. Oh baby, it's oh, right there no. for you. Yeah. You can get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't love a squirrel. I I came out strong in the chat. I I don't want to like have a holocaust of squirrels. I just don't enjoy them <laughs> as I don't like see that I don't, if I hit one with my car, I would be momentarily sad, but I wouldn't like be I wouldn't be a Luke where I would be so upset because I'm like, I don't know. That's they 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 run out in front of your car. They're little assholes. <laughs> um um so that's sort of my feeling about them. I don't want to exterminate them, but I also like don't care about them. I guess I'm the only squirrel defender here. I think they're cute. And oh, I think they're cute. I don't have any problems with them. I mean, I, I probably would feel different if I had been invaded by one in my attic or something. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time given this house and how it goes. But so far, I'm a fan of squirrels. And some people do have them. I, I follow a couple people on Instagram who have 
domesticated squirrels and have them as pets in their home. And they're super sweet and cute. And <laughs> I think that's probably why. I think I blame Instagram for this. <laughs> You're like, look at them. One time in my parents' old house, the, I guess the flu was open or something, and they got it. One got in, I came home, and it was just trapped in the house. And Ooh. I was like, ah! And we were both kind of like, you know where you're just like I don't know what to do I remember just standing on top of a chair and like trying to open the back door like the same you know like I was too far away leaning over to open the back door I finally got it out but it was and keeping my dog separated my old dog separated from it was it was challenging but yeah yeah they don't like they don't bother me but I don't I don't love them but yeah it's it's more of a testament I think to um Luke's extreme animal empathy I mean you know obviously I like I said I don't want them to die but I don't really have emotions about them and he I just has he's gone really really far um Mm -hmm. and I think about sometimes I think about like you know he loves Rudy so much and he loves I wonder if they're gonna um get another pet and I wonder if this time he would get like a rescue pet like if he's changed his attitude about that because I'm pretty mm. sure Rudy is like a purebred yes, right he did, like they, they got, got it from a from, breeder and he defended himself a lot about that preemptively yeah so now I'm like have you changed your mind about that you know because that's a big that's kind of a bigger deal mm-hmm. than you know supporting breeders um than just like getting one from the from the shelter so right. anyway I, I think about that when he brings up his extreme animal empathy mm-hmm. anyway um okay so squirrels keep them out of hillary's way and we'll be fine. <laughs> i've got a big minivan i'm coming for you d's nuts <laughs> meredith wants one as a pet <laughs> yep <laughs> to go with the cats how would that work out oh god hopefully adorably but probably very badly <laughs> yeah the possums joining y'all for Christmas. Oh, it's like God. <laughs> <laughs> One big disgusting vermin family. Uh, let's go on to the self-actualization chronicles. This one was an Andrew edition of the self-actualization chronicles. Our good friend Phyllis Fletcher in a, um, an example of wanting to build some APM community for the Seattle uh, APM workers, all four of them, suggested that they go to a Mariners baseball game. And Andrew was very excited and looking forward to it until he was on the way there and then realized that Phyllis had gotten cheap seats in the bleachers. And he, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm being critical because he described it himself that he had a very sour attitude about it. Yeah. Because it wasn't what he wanted, and it wasn't how he wanted his experience arranged to sit wherever. I don't know. I've never been to the, what's it called now? The T-Mobile Stadium? Tombus um, Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I've never been there, so I can't comment on that. I like cheap seats just as much as I like expensive seats for the most part. But uh, he was really having a hard time with that and not looking forward to it. And he uh, had a little talk with himself on the train and said, it's okay. If it's not exactly what you were expecting it to be in your head, just be grateful that you get to go and make it a good experience. And he went and it turned out to be great. And he loved the seats. And he said about a thousand times that he wasn't upset at Phyllis. He wanted everybody (laughs) to know, even though she screwed up picking the seats. He's not upset with her. It was fine. It was fine. He really liked them. He really, really, really had a good time. So 
Um, and interestingly, he said, just like prom, how he totally yeah. didn't want to go to prom, but then his family kind of forced him into going to prom. What family does that? I don't know. Oh, no. My parents were like, I hope you don't, so we don't have to pay for all that crap. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't go to prom. I had zero interest. Yeah. I'm surprised he actually went. Me too. Honestly. Yeah, he hates being dressed up. I can't mm-hmm. imagine he loved it anymore when he was 17 than he loves it when he was 42, but he went and had a great time. Um, So this was a two-part story because then the next day, Luke had to issue an apology to Phyllis. <laughs> are we shocked that this was actually Luke's fault? <laughs> no, no, we are not because Phyllis had wanted to make sure that she got the right seats. And so she had been texting back and forth and said hey help me pick out good seats that aren't too expensive and Luke said he like screenshot the you know the stadium map and said get get seats here and here and here and when they were talking about it the first day he was like huh that's so weird because I told Phyllis exactly where to get the seats why didn't she do it (laughs) come to find out she she told her the wrong place oh my god and so she did exactly what he told her. So he apologized very profusely. I think the person who comes out looking best in all of this is the saint, who is Phyllis Fletcher. Yep. yep. Who is making a lovely outing for the APM local people and did her best and thought about Andrew and what he would want and what would be the best stuff. And luckily it turned out okay. But I thought this was a really sort of interesting story and interesting journey mm-hmm. that that Andrew went on that he had enough self-awareness. I mean, see the title of this uh, segment that he was, was able to sort of call himself out in the middle of his behavior. Luke talked about that too, that that showed sort of a level of progress, Mm -hmm. I guess, to be able to examine the feeling and not just have the feeling. Yeah. And I really, I, you know, I always say this, I want him to get therapy and I don't mean that in a kind of pejorative way of like, we need therapy, but I mean, I kind of think everybody needs, therapy. everybody needs it's, therapy. <laughs> it's good to talk to a uninterested party, uh, you know, about educated, un- uninterested party who, you know, can guide you a little bit, but I, it is really impressive that he can go on the journey and actually get there and kind of see where he's wrong. Also, I have this theory that, you know, like Luke ostensibly knows a lot about sports, but I don't really think he does, honestly. Like, I think he knows about, like, the Mariners in 1986, but, like, that is <laughs> yes. sort of mm-hmm. it. And I think that he thinks he knows the stadium because it's, t- like, tangentially related to the Mariners. Um, but I don't think he knows the stadium that well. Like, I don't I don't know why he would be the he would think he would know so well. But also, I think he inadvertently picked correct seats because one, they're cheap, so APM will pay for it. Two, mm-hmm. if you're in an outing with friend, you know, with uh, coworkers and people you want to talk to, you don't necessarily want the best seats. I mean, right. you want to have the shitty bleacher seats. So if you're talking, people aren't like, shut up, we're trying to pay attention to the game. It kind of works out. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought it was sort of, it was, it was for not, I think. Phyllis did a good job. Yeah, I think the only question that I have that would make a difference to me about this, when we say bleacher seats, what are we talking about? Yes. Do these seats have backs? Yes. Because right. I can't sit on a backless bench for, sure. for three hours for anymore. Sure. My my back just yeah. hurts too much. Yeah. I need something to rest against. So if that's what we're talking about, let me tell you, I went to my brother Carl's graduation at Bemidji State 
university and it was in the hockey arena and that was like four hours of sitting on hockey benches with no backs and I was what like 27 at the time and oh my god that was a really long afternoon yes (laughs) my body hurt I just I couldn't do anything like that anymore yeah no that's that's tough and here the problem is is they did talk about it like if you get to well now but in July uh metal um, see, yes. you can't do that. It, you can't. Yeah. You can't oh, do that. It's no. too fucking hot. Um, you need to like bring a blanket. Yes. Well, yes. The outside sleeping bag. Stadi- yeah, the outside stadiums like here in the winter, you have to bring like a heated thing or your freeze yeah. seat. Mm-hmm. Here they, on the really cold days at the outdoor stadiums, they bring cardboard mm-hmm. and put it on the ground, and because the cold comes up through the concrete and through into your <laughs> boots. Yep. So a little, a little bit more insulation with that that cardboard, just to it try works. and keep the cold out. It yeah. does. It's amazing. I always think it's funny that like a Florida, <clears throat> like Tampa or whatever. It's Tampa. They have an indoor stadium, I think, yep. or it's retractable maybe. And then places like uh, Michigan, you know, where it's truly, truly cold, they are like, nope, this we're is fine. How we're doing. <laughs> you guys are tough, right? I know. I just thought it was so stupid when they built both the Twin Stadium and the Viking Stadium here in the last 10 years. I was like, we're not putting roofs on either of these. Are you people (laughs) mental? You're spending a billion dollars and you're not going to put a roof on it? What are you buying? Seriously. Silly. You know, I I don't know. I think it was fun. I think it sounded fun. And I'm glad that they did. I mean, it was a little bit too extreme, but I'm glad that they did apologize to Phyllis because she did a good Mm -hmm. job. Yeah. All right. Are we moving on to On Our Grind? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Luke made a training video for Microsoft, which, LOL, side note, that's hilarious. Um, cyber <laughs> cyber security <laughs> training. It's just <laughs> the so ironic. I mean, uh, this one's awesome, though, guys. You don't even know. Like, this one's going right. to kill it. Um, right. If they'd gotten to watch this cybersecurity <laughs> video, it would have been great. It's two hours and... 58 minutes so it's not three yeah. hours i want to hear the podcast that that makes fun of this video and puts <laughs> clips on it and uses them as drops luke screaming oh. outside the window because if it wasn't luke and he was watching some cool guy try to be funny he'd be like oh stop trying so hard oh uh-huh. this is so dumb it's like i went to um when I got a ticket when I was like 18 for rolling a stop sign, I went to comedy defensive driving. Let me tell you how not funny it was. What? It was awful. It was awful. Ugh. I think I was like, oh, cool. That'll be fun. And it was absolute. Well, I don't know why they ever thought that that was like a thing. But it was, I don't know, it was a packed class, but it was awful. And that's how I feel about these training videos when they're trying to be like, we're young and hip. It's like, no, like, I mean, make it modern so it's relatable, but also like, you know, you don't have to make Just it Just give us the funny. information. Yes, yeah, exactly. stop trying yep. to make it cute. Um, anyway, Luke made a training video, uh, and he thought it would be funny to eat a bit of a donut and end up eating like a dozen donuts, which I always wonder about that. And I have heard sort of anecdotal evidence, like just stories from people who are in show business where you just by the end of it, you want to die. Like, mm. you're just, I, and my brother worked at an ice cream shop in high school and he like hates ice cream now he it's like i know that's tragic i know know. it was just like you just take little bites and at the end of it you're just like i can't i or it kind of reminds me of like in my dieting days where you 
or on a low carb diet or whatever. And you're like, I can't have another piece of meat or another piece of cheese. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to die if I have that. I need a piece of bread right now. Like at the, at the beginning you start off, you're like, this is delicious. And then by the end you're like, Ugh. <laughs> um, I did think it was sort of interesting. I think, you know, they, they weave in and out of having, like some not OCD, but just sort of like germaphobeness, and it was yep. you know the guy handling the donuts. Mm-hmm. He was kind of thinking about that. Well, it's like Meredith handling the Oreos, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit of manhandling. I don't know if it's because I have kids. I just like I handle everything. My kids handle everything. At some point, I'm like, whatever, it's it's fine. Like I'm mean, like you know, it's uh, hopefully the person washed their hands. It is kind of gross, yeah. but you like you know got to do what you got to do. I would say that I'm getting marginally more concerned about, you know, the door handle in the bathroom. Yes. And yeah. yeah, especially yeah. when since we talked about swabbing the elevator. Yeah, I'm buttons. sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> but I have I have noticed that a little bit. There was a day when I would see other people use a paper towel to open the bathroom door. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, people yeah. just open the door. And now I do it. So but that's really the extent of it. Otherwise, I'm not super weird about germs that's part of the um hand we have to do hand washing training because they work at hospital and hand washing it is honestly good hand washing is the only good way to prevent well not the only it's the best way to prevent infections from spreading in the hospital so they're they hammer on this and and people are still not very good at it even in a hospital which is upsetting but that's (laughs) part of the thing that they tell you to do they say you know i was always concerned about wasting water um but they want you to dry your hands off first and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and then use use it to open the door too so they put in the hot in my building all the trash cans are right next to the bathroom doors so that you can use the paper towel and then have somewhere to put it yeah and sometimes i think about it like in single occupancy bathrooms you come in and you do whatever and you dry your hands and then you're like well I don't want to use this hand to turn off the light. Mm -hmm. Who's been touching this light switch? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to flush the toilet, but who is flushing the toilet before me? I don't know. It's, you can't think about it that much. Otherwise you'll go crazy. It's just a reminder to wash your hands frequently. That's all you can do. My friend had, um, twins that were born at 34 weeks. So like not crazy early, but they were in the NICU and I, we went to go visit them. And I remember they had this huge timer on the wall and yep. you know, this, this tub of, you know, vat of whatever, of faucet in a sink. And you had to wash your hands for, I think it was two minutes that you had mm-hmm. to do it and like really get in and scrub it. You're like, Oh, this is actually how you, have this is how you actually wash your hands. You have to take yes. off all your jewelry, your watches. Yes. We had to do that when we visited OJ in the, in the NICU too. Yeah. And, um, the thing I really like about those sinks and I wish all sinks had them is you turn them on with your foot. There's a pedal yes. under, yeah. under yes. the sink, yeah. which makes and so much sense. Yeah. The toilets at my work have that to flush. Yeah. So you don't have to touch a, a handle, which why doesn't every toilet have that? I know it's, it's very true, but yeah, that's, and that is my one, um, I'm the exact same way when I would see people using the, the, um, a paper towel to open a door. I was like, give me a break. But now I totally do it. So I don't know. Maybe we're descending into germaphobeness in our old age. I guess so. <laughs> Call us Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, moving on from that, here's some news you can use. Um, this kind of goes well, I think, with Luke uh, making a cybersecurity video. They go over to the story about 
in Riviera Beach, Florida, is being held hostage by hackers for, with ransomware. And I'm just like, you guys, this is why we do training. Like, this is why you have to do training yep. because towns like this are being, and they have to pay a lot of money. And that I know is scary. And I felt so vindicated because <laughs> when we talked about the cybersecurity training in the first place, I mentioned ransomware. We were yeah. like, yeah. Now yeah. Luke and Andrew are like, there's this thing called ransomware where they're taking cities hostage. And I'm like, that's why you should listen to LRB. <laughs> exactly. You would we, know that. You would have learned. We have told you. And it's funny that they were like, why do we have to listen to this? I mean, we work for a media company. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You work for a media company. Like, that's why. That's why. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I, I, I am sort of scared I'm a little bit dubious because I don't know how well the technology is for this, but the deep fakes, I've heard some stuff about it, about how Mm -hmm. they could like put your face on a body to, or whatever, like mock up something like some like sex video or whatever, nude. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like it's probably still in the uncanny valley, but I'm sure they're going to get there where it's pretty convincing, especially for a public, for, for a public figure who's spoken had said a lot of stuff. I mean, like, I guess that's that's kind of, you know, going to be the future. It, like, they can make Barack Obama do anything, really, because there's so much footage of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ugh, I don't like this development at all. I don't either. Um, and taking us, and you wrote this, taking us into a post-factual future, which is just that it's it's the opposite thing, as it's not... Well, it is that it's, you know, having people do fake things, but then it's also people just blaming stuff on the fake things like that's exhausting. And yeah, it becomes a scapegoat. Sure. It's already people are always like, my Twitter account was hacked. Really? Come on. No, it wasn't. It's really stressful. The only good thing that they talked about was honestly one of my top 10 favorite movies. I can go on at length, but I will not. I will limit myself. Um, the movie Sneakers. As Bobby the ni- said, Ernest Saves Christmas? <laughs> no. no. Uh, Sneakers, the 1992 Robert Redford classic. Um, I'm 99% sure I saw this with my mom and dad um, when I was like in seventh grade or something. And I just loved it. I, I told Anne and Meredith that I kind of slot it with um, – the fugitive in my brain. Like it's just movies that I love that I can watch over and over again. They're very early nineties, but they're fun and they're suspenseful and they've sneakers has such a great cast. Okay. They sort of went over it, but they like missed a few. Um, River Phoenix is, I think it's one of his last movies. If not, I don't think it's his last one, but he's so beautiful in it and he's really, really good. Um, I love David Strathairn and he plays a blind guy. It's really good. Uh, Steven Tobolowski, who is kind of a TBTL person adjacent, is in it mm-hmm. and he's a great foil. Donal Logue, uh, Timothy Busfield. I mean, I'm, I'm lo- James Earl Jones comes in at the end as like an FBI agent. It's great. Oh no, I'm sorry. An NSA agent. It's really, really good. But, um, so when I lived, this is my like minor connection to sneakers, which is not real at all. But when I, um, lived in Los Angeles, I worked at to me, the luggage store at, in century city. So we would get a lot of celebrities coming in because I don't know if this is still the deal, but century city banned you like it's kind of hard to get in you have to park underground and go up so it was was sort of harder for like a paparazzi to just sort of saunter in so they and they were really protective they had a lot of guards guards so we would get um a fair amount of celebrities like i helped chris rock and oh uh, what's the guy's name from pretty in pink why am i forgetting it um and he's on the blacklist you know why am i forgetting his name oh um 
you know, of uh, uh, James Spader. Yeah, James Spader. I helped James Spader. He's fucking weirdo. Uh, and like Angelina Jolie and like all these people would come in because it, there was, you know, nobody really there to take their pictures. Anyway, one um, one day, Mary McDonald walked in, who was also in sneakers, but she was also in Dances with Wolves. I think that's probably her most famous thing. Or like... For my parents, it's, um, you know, the closer or whatever the, like, iteration after that is. But I really loved her in sneakers, and she's, like, the only woman in it. So I'm helping her. I'm checking her out. And I'm thinking, should I say anything? Should I say anything? And I thought, I'm not going to say Dances with Wolves because that's – you can't go it at that. You have to go at the, like, you know, third-tier thing that they're in. I said, I love you in sneakers. And she said, oh, my God, thank you so much. Nobody talks about that movie, but it's really good. And I'm like, I know I love that movie. So, anyway, I got to fan out about sneakers. <laughs> um, but I recommend it. It's The technology is for sure dated, but it's really good. And also, I'm going to call bullshit on Andrew. I don't know how long ago he saw this. It's not Robert Redford in the beginning. Like, it's not like they're trying to, like, like down-age him. It's somebody else playing a young Robert Redford. So, like, I, and I looked the guy up, and he was born in 1964. So he would have been, whatever, uh, 30, or, you know, 25 or whatever. So it, it makes sense. Like, it's not this weird, like, they're trying to make, um, I, you know, I, I love Robert Redford. And he was very beautiful once upon a time. He sort of looks like an old lesbian now so yeah he does he's got that shaggy hair (laughs) and he does in this for sure but he's really really good um anyway i recommend it it's a it's a good rewatch so that 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 is my my diatribe my monologue about sneakers (laughs) um thank you for letting me have it i love it so much um i'm willing to see it again it's been i mean if you were in seventh grade when you saw it, I was probably not much older. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But I, I don't remember anything about it except that I did like it, so I'd watch it. There is a Slate article because the old um, editor-in-chief of Slate was also obsessed with sneakers. So there's like a whole – they did like a week devoted to sneakers. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe anybody else that, like has so many feelings about this movie. Anyway, it's extremely good. Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley is great, too. Very evil. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving on from that, the guys are once again mad at Ringo Starr for forcing his homemade art <laughs> on Beverly Hills. Um, <laughs> I love how annoyed Andrew, I love when Andrew gets annoyed about something, not like service people, but just something kind of silly like this. And yeah, Ringo Starr does seem like an asshole. And every time I listen to that, that tape, he just sounds like an old, doddery old man. Oh, uh, God. That doesn't yeah. un- irritating. It doesn't he understand. just sounds completely out of touch yes. is what it is. And probably he's been famous for so long and they just continue to be famous. You know, mm-hmm. there's not with every generation, you know, there's going to be this new movie out called Yesterday about, you know, the world without the Beatles or whatever. But it's like, oh, my gosh, like the Beatles are just this ongoing thing that even, you know, younger generations know about. So. I don't know. I mean, he sounds, he's definitely the like least Beatle. I think we can. Kind of <laughs> I think agree. everybody agrees. <laughs> no one's tried to uh, shoot him. <laughs> yeah, but he's the most Thomas the Tank Engine. That's true. Of all the Beatles. Very true. Um, my one little thing about this is they were talking about, Luke was talking about, I don't know, Beverly Hills and rich people and like it's an inverse. Um, relationship to taste and let me just tell you having worked in century city which is adjacent to beverly hills i 
fucking hate Beverly Hills. It's the <laughs> worst place. It's like it's a bunch of chains. There are some high end stores, but it's a bunch of shitty chains. People there are so pretentious. It's not that pretty. Like if you go up in the hills, it's okay, but it's not that pretty. I actually think Pasadena is a lot prettier in the areas that I live. It's in the middle of like you're right next to a shitty highway and it's in the middle of like you're not next to the ocean. You're not next to the mountains, really. You're just kind of in the middle of Los Angeles. I don't know. I never got the I never got the appeal of it. And all most of my customers were from Beverly Hills and they sucked and they always try to bargain <laughs> with me. And I'm like, this is not oh, a bazaar. No. This is a luggage store. You the price is what the price is. Anyway, I hate Beverly Hills. It sucks. So uh, Luca's is right about that. Right. <laughs> the end. Yikes. <laughs> so you think that this is an appropriate place for Ringo's quote oh, unquote art? Absolutely. Absolutely. It would fit in perfectly there. I hate it. Yeah, it belongs there. Exactly. Here's my secret where I reveal my ignorance about art was they were talking about how it looks kind of like a Jeff Koons piece, like a down market Jeff Koons piece. I think Jeff Koons art is ugly. I kind of do too. I don't understand why everybody loves it yeah. so much. I, I like I saw um, when I when I was in college I went to Spain with my mom and we went to Bilbao and I think that the dog was there like mm. right in front of the Guggenheim and I remember being like okay like I like I don't I didn't really get it but yeah that's uh, I don't know but that's so Beverly Hills I feel like it's kind of this weirdly outrageous blown up stuff and they're like oh cool and. I've read just a little bit about like art collecting and it is a wacky it's it doesn't go along with the market like they if something is decided that it's worth something it just goes so extremely expensive that I don't I don't really get it and it's it, I don't think most people that trade in the art world really get it as well it's just going with like certain moods. Right. And it seems so much more about valuation rather than taste. Yes. Thing can be as ugly as sin, but it doesn't matter. I don't think I could collect something that I didn't find aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Which is why I'll never be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> that's Damn the it. only reason. Otherwise <laughs> that's it. <laughs> my um my one of my really good friends cousins is married to Steve Martin I'm trying to like get it right in my head and he's a really big art collector but I think he actually like has sort of some taste in it but that's yeah he's like a a lot of part of his portfolio is the art that he's collected which is mm-hmm. kind of wild yeah anyway well let's move on to picking eating chronicles <laughs> um the first story uh, in food news this week was this garlic peeling video that went around the internet this week. And if you haven't seen it, it's somebody holding a head of garlic. And it irritated me this whole discussion that Andrew could not remember the word head of garlic. Um, <laughs> he kept calling it like a clove or whatever. I think he got there eventually. But anyway, um, they're holding a head of garlic and they've got a, a paring knife and they're just sort of um, skewering each one out and pulling it out. And it seemed too good to be true, and turns out that it actually was. The guys did a mini demonstration, I think, on one piece, and it sort of worked, and so they declared it a success. <laughs> but there's a sure. at least one food writer out there right now who's got stitches in their hand from from trying yes. this, right, Hillary? Yeah, yeah. The Helen Rosner, who writes for the New York, um, the New Yorker, she her Twitter feed is funny because she was kind of going through it, like, okay, I'm going to try it, and she said. Well, like it kind of works, but you really need to be good at at knife skills, basically. And that she really 
thinks that putting it between two metal bowls and shaking the shit out of it works better. Yes. Um, and then I think she was like, oh, I'm going to try it again. And then she had to go get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> so please, you guys, don't don't try this. Okay. It can- is hypnotizing to watch like I could watch it over and over again because you're like they just she just gets it she mm-hmm. just kind of like can pluck it out but it's not real I don't know it I question the entire premise of this thing I never thought that garlic was that hard to peel me neither me neither. I mean yeah. just push it with the side of the knife and yeah. kind of roll around and it comes right off right if you're doing huge amounts I guess the bowl trick is the way to go um, that's faster and easier than using a knife and then you don't end up smelling like garlic on your hands for days yeah yeah. I mean, the the part of garlic that I don't like is the mincing. Yes. The peeling is fine, yeah. but I hate chopping it so small. Well, there's a one unitasker that I can get behind, and that's a garlic press. Oh, I you know, I don't find that those work very well for me, but I have a little mini Cuisinart thing mm. that's just like a one cup, mm-hmm. and I drop them in there and that's a good idea. whiz them up. Yeah, that that's works. a good idea. I always feel like the... The press says it gets stuck in the holds and I have to like kind of scrape it out and that annoys me. There's an OXO I... one that I just got and it has, it go, it, it, you can fold it one way and press the garlic and fold it the other way and press oh. out the extra stuff. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. It's real nice. Okay. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> garlic <laughs> tips from <laughs> the coven. Garlic talk on LRB. We know we a, lot, a garlic. lot of a lot of garlic in our potions. Yes, yes. Our cauldrons and our spells and stuff. A lot of garlic. I mean, there's no reason it can't taste good. Well, and speaking of tasting good, <laughs> the Lacroix bubble might be bursting. Uh oh. I love that note. Um, the Lacroix is getting sued by somebody who is claiming that their um, ingredients are not all natural, which is bullshit. This is total cash grab. Um, right. This whole this whole lawsuit makes me angry because natural. I mean, natural doesn't have a definition on food labels. Any but anything can be called natural, and it doesn't say anything about how good it is for you or bad it is for you. Artificial things can be good, and natural things can be bad. See arsenic and botulism. One hundred percent natural. Um, anyway, that that's one of my main irritations with food uh, and people's dumb opinions about food. <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about it's interesting because they talked about um uh i think it was l- limolol which is something that you can isolate from a lime i did it in in organic chemistry lab in college it's oh. natural <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it can be i'm sure they can synthesize it but we isolated it and, and put it in a um spectrographer it was really cool um cool little experiment um so dumb but um LaCroix is kind of weird I I I found a, a bevy of really strange LaCroix flavors at a strange grocery store a couple of months ago like all these different cola there was cola coconut and there was like a mojito flavor and Ooh. not good I would not recommend um but I love I love the grapefruit and I love the their berry flavors and stuff those are they're good I'm a big fan of vaguely flavored sparkling water and i don't really care what brand (laughs) but like bubbly has really kind of come in and and done some fun stuff with like blackberry is really good and they have some flavors that Lacroix doesn't and everybody's getting on this bandwagon um so it's a huge market now and that's why their share price or whatever is falling yeah yeah right they used to be the only game in town even new york seltzer um which i have very fond memories of that um is has got sugar in it and a lot of people yeah. are trying to avoid sugar. I just don't like sweet drinks that much. It doesn't have anything to do with the sugar itself. I just don't like the taste. So I like these just sort of nothing flavored sparkling waters. 
Um, and I, I do have a soda stream though, I, but I still buy <laughs> sparkling water sometimes. Um, they make, uh, it's really unnecessary because they do now make these flavor essences that are very much, I'm sure the same thing that's in LaCroix and they don't have any sugar. Sure. Um, so I have all of those, there's mango and there's cucumber and there's raspberry and orange and lemon and lime. Um, and they're really good. You can pretty much approximate and you can mix them up and make fun flavors. I do that all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm a P one of, of flavored sparkling water. I laughed when Andrew was talking though, about people who were like, I'm going to make my own soda with my soda stream or whatever. And it's like, it tastes just like diet Coke. And it's like, it no, doesn't. no, it does not. <laughs> no, it does. I've gotten one of those syrups once or twice and it's always just like, ugh. you have to measure no. it out just right. Otherwise it's, it's like syrup water or it's nothing water. It's just, there's no good, no good, um, happy medium that I've come up with. No. All diet sodas are not alike. Nope. No, 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 not at all. There was a tweet from Katie Weaver that made me laugh this week that was sort of related. It said, can every restaurant please just have real soda? Show your creativity elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need your like main, you know, root root beer or whatever. Oh, sure. (laughs) Your your homemade sarsaparilla (laughs) soda or whatever. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Uh, moving on to this week in Pink Ink. This was an entertaining story. Andrew was doing a couple of radio shifts over at Cairo. And in the break room, he found the coffee pot. It sounds like it's a commercial coffee pot maker that has a water line into it. So you don't have to fill it. Um, so most restaurants and stuff would use this anywhere but like a coffee shop. This would probably be a reasonable solution. But somebody had left essentially a a pink ink note that had way too much uh, writing on it. Very over detailed and over explaining that basically said, could you fuckers please push the button and brew a new pot when you use the last of the old? Hmm. Um, Thanks. Have a good day. (laughs) Smiley face. (laughs) Exclamation point. And I'm not sure exactly what the point of this was, except for the verboseness of the note. Although that's how Andrew writes his pink ink notes. So I don't understand. You got to couch your message in some positivity. Right. Exactly. You don't have to, but (laughs) I think that's what he (laughs) thinks he has to do. Yes. Well, I don't know. I just don't think there's any point in leaving any of these notes because people are going to do what they're going to do and it doesn't matter. Andrew always brings up that one time that somebody shamed him when he was parking in L.A. for taking up two spots. And he's always remembered that and he's changed his behavior entirely. But Andrew's kind of the white whale of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Probably 99% of us are going to see a note and be like, screw you. Yep. And do what you're going to do anyway. There is nobody that you can convince to wash their dishes in the sink at the office if they're not people that are already going to do it anyway. There are so many notes in my office, like, please wash your dishes and, you know, use the disposal and put it in the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, these assholes are never going to do that. It's only the people that are going to do it that are going to do it. You're conscientious about this stuff or you're not. And a note is not going to change that. It is frustrating, although I've given up on work coffee entirely because we have one of those nasty machines and it just makes the worst burnt, horrible crap coffee I've ever had in my life. I used to drink it. They, they, they have like little hot chocolate packets in the break room. And so I used to make basically hot chocolate coffee. And that was the only way that I could drink it because it masked Mm. the awful taste. (laughs) I was like, why am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
horrible life hack mocha. And I was like, why am I doing this? So I got myself a little one cup pour over and we have the hot water spout on the machine. And that's what I have for coffee now. And it's so, it's easy. It's just almost as easy as pouring a cup of coffee out of this nasty machine, except it tastes good. Yeah. I avoid the office kitchen altogether because I just don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I bring my lunch every day and it's in a little uh, insulated bag and I have a little cold pack and so I don't use the fridge and I don't use the microwave Smart. and I just I you know go and wash something in the sink every once in a while and that's it because I don't want to deal with everybody else's nastiness yeah garlic hacks DIY office break room <laughs> hacks we are full of useful tips today you guys <laughs> we are <laughs> so who needs a movie <laughs> good job thanks um, there's a lot of media talk this week. Um, there was one bit, I forget what day it was, but they were talking about, um, catch 22 and how Andrew used to really love it. I don't know that I've seen it. I have read it, but I did not get obsessed with it. Um, they were talking about getting obsessed with catcher in the rye, which ugh, I ha- had to read that in high school and I hated it in high school. I, I hated know. him so much. He I, just seemed oh. like such an awful person. Ugh. These Every- are all the books that young men get yes. Hunter with. S. Thompson I d- came up. I do like Catch-22, but yeah, the rest of them they talked yes. about Catcher in the Rye, Hunter S. Thompson. Um, what's the other one that they like to talk about? I forget. Oh, but- the guy from the L.A. guy. What's this? The one that's disgusting. They talk about um, Jonathan Franzen. They talk about like ugh. Jonathan ugh. Franzen books pretty frequently. Yeah, Those what, are yeah, gross. What, gross. What's the one, the one that gets drunk in bars? Bukowski? Andrew- Bukowski. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> This goes hand in hand with all that. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly yep. it. Um, Luke said that he wanted to watch the MASH movie, even though he didn't like the TV show. I did not understand the TV show when I was a kid. I thought, oh, this looks like we fun. And then it was like a sad song. I agree. It, it yes. totally was a strange vibe for a kid. Yeah. Um, and I did not understand really what Vietnam was at that point. Or were they in Korea? They were in no, Korea. they were in Korea. They were in Korea. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, my grandpa was in Korea and I didn't, <laughs> I was too little. I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, there was stuff that was funny i mean and mash is actually a little bit like catch 22 in that it's sort of Mm anti-authoritarian the 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 laughs in mash came from them screwing around with the other like senior officers and stuff right and that was what sustained that comic premise the movie i did see when i was a little bit older it's really dark Mm. i mean you could call it a comedy but it's absolutely pitch black so it's quite different from the tv show i thought yeah well um they also did a really really i think ill-advised movie (laughs) quote-unquote quiz um sure is it a quiz if nobody knows the answers i mean i guess it is but we'll never know how they did and it's just up to them to decide and andrew made a very little offhand comment that irritated me um as a montessori kid he's like well we'll just score ourselves this is a montessori quiz and i just like to clarify that they do not just let you decide (laughs) if you did something right in montessori you get to choose how you learned but there are still correct and incorrect answers um we got a throw your phone from listener Kirsten who said, I was really excited for the Friday quiz, but got burned once again, because of course, Andrew doesn't have the answers to it. It's like they're <laughs> spitting tea in my face. Shame on everyone involved. <laughs> that clip always makes me laugh. Yes. Laugh so. <laughs> when you can tell he's improvising it because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'll spit tea in each one of your mouths. Oh, it'll burn me, but it'll burn you twice. I agree, Kirsten. I mean, we have a 
a complicated relationship with Andrew's quizzes on this program. <laughs> Actually, it's not very It's not. It's pretty straightforward. We, we don't straightforward like it. <laughs> we're not a fan of Andrew's quizzes. But I was like, all right, okay. And then he started Friday's show be like, oh, yeah, I don't have the answers to this quiz. That's so we can play together. Weird... And I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like he just realized it. He was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just be our own judges. <laughs> I don't I mean, understand. Only... This is his job. Why it's is he not? not... <laughs> He's so good at, at organizing stuff, and, and I just don't, this is not, this wasn't one of those instances. Well, and the only thing that, I mean, I guess saved, question mark, it was that the movies were so obvious yeah, yeah. that, I mean, it was kind of a joke as a quiz, because how could you not know mm-hmm. the cop that goes to avenge his brother's death in Beverly Hills or whatever, know. you know? <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God. It's, it's silly. I mean, they made it a little bit more fun when, when in the beginning he said that he didn't have the answers. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're going to have to do this. But while going through it, it was like slightly more fun because they obviously were not taking it very seriously. Yeah. They made it funny. Yeah. It was just a terrible setup. (laughs) Yeah. They moved through it faster. You know how they normally just drag (laughs) out and they have to talk about every question. They didn't do that too much for this one. So it was... It was not as bad as, as I feared yeah, it could be. Yeah, agreed. Oh, those guys. All right. <laughs> We're wrapping up. But this is a random that I wanted to talk about. Um, Addie surprised Luke for Father's Day by flying in from D.C. to see him, which I thought was really sweet. Um, yeah. And I thought it was funny that Luke said it was the second biggest surprise of his life. <laughs> it, it, well, first of all, it is crazy. Like, I don't know. This is how you mark the passage of time. I feel like I'm the same as when I started listening to TBTL. But Addie was 14 years old mm-hmm. and yeah. she's like a full fledged adult now. That is getting a job and like moving across the country. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, but she seems, I, you know, minorly Instagram stalked her and she seems very cool and hip, but like fun, like a, like a normal kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I, the only reason why I wanted to talk about this is that I have done this two times, surprise somebody for an occasion and I love doing it, but you know what? I'm, I'm thinking like, do other people like this? Like <laughs> I'm like, here I am. Let's make the birthday about me. But, um, <laughs> I, when I was in, um, when I lived in LA, my friend Russ called me or text, I don't I, whatever it was 2003. So he probably called me and said, you know, it was, I, we were, I, this is what was so crazy is I was actually in New York. I was flying back to Los Angeles. And then he said, will you come surprise Emily for her, whatever, 24th birthday in Austin it was before I lived there. So I am such a brat. I didn't have any money. So I called my brother-in-law and he had like a bunch of Southwest miles. And I was like, can I borrow the miles, please? Thanks. So I flew from New York back to Los Angeles, got up the next day, flew to Austin. And I just like arrived at her door and she was like, why are you here? And it was, but it was super fun. And then I did it for my friend's 30th birthday in New York. I only like to go to places that I actually want to go. So, right, right. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really fun. And, you know, I had a surprise birthday party. So obviously I think surprises are very fun. But that's my little niche weirdness. But I thought it was very cute that Addie and Carrie, you know, devised this plan together. I thought it was sweet. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 it was Interesting, I guess. I, I understood where he was coming from when he said that he saw her there and his brain oh, yeah. like, couldn't figure it out, yeah, was totally. trying to sort of puzzle out. Now, wait a minute. 
Um, She's not supposed to be here. It's like when you see yeah. a teacher outside of school. <laughs> yes. I know. Or when you're standing in the candy aisle at Target and your personal trainer walks by. Oops. <laughs> or you're at, in the liquor aisle of the grocery store and your liver surgeon walks by. That happened to me. <laughs> Whoops. It was for um, it was for rum cookies. Sure, it truly was. I don't even like rum, but he didn't believe me. <laughs> You're off the transplant list. Hey, yep. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, My mom uh, is a psychiatric nurse, and sometimes I'll be out. Like it, this happened a lot when I was younger. We would be out at Sam's Club or whatever, and somebody would walk by her and do, do a double take, and then just stop and stare for a while. And she's not allowed to acknowledge if she sees her patients in the wild. She's not allowed to acknowledge really? them. They have to come up to her first. And wow. so sometimes they would, and sometimes they wouldn't. But she would like whisper to me later, like, "Oh, that was one of my old patients who I've seen a whole bunch, and they recognized me." And it, you know, of course, that would make you feel strange if you saw your psychiatric inpatient nurse out in <laughs> right. the, at Sam's Club or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, slightly weird. Yeah. Final thoughts? Well, I said this before that I kind of like when Luke is traveling slash they're in person with each other because I think that the shows are a little bit tighter and just a little bit punchier. I don't know. I just I seem to enjoy them more. For whatever reason, when they're in their respective home studios – they just kind of draw him out and, you know, Luke's looking out the window. Yeah. yeah he's more distracted. I think they're more engaged. I agree. I like it yeah. when they're in the same room together. Yeah. I think, I just think it works a little bit better and it's, they recognize time a little bit more. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, must listen. I'm advocating for a Thursday. It has the story about the meth squirrel, uh, the <laughs> ransomware hackers, and Andrew talking about going to the Mariners and how he came around on that. So I thought that was a pretty good show. Yeah, that that like the what you wrote Thursday with the meth squirrel, ransomware hackers, and Andrew's Mariners anxiety. That sounds like Stefan from Saturday Oh yeah, Night Live. <laughs> this show has everything. <laughs> meth squirrels. Meth squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I agree. I think I think that was the most power packed, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get into some housekeeping. I'm not going to do racist mic voice, so here nope. we go. Um, Is it racist when I do it? No, no. Okay, you, just, just you go up. You go up just like an octave. Like you're just like housekeeping, but there's no I accent. Know, I, I d- okay, I don't do an accent, <laughs> so I'm okay. Yes, I think that's the key. Um, by Step or Must, the merch is at littleredbandwagon.com. The archive project is ever growing. Um, I think we need to redouble our efforts on that. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. Um, buy stuff from us. Uh, Amazon is littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Oh, um, shoot. What is earbuds and earworms this week? Any? I don't know. Ooh. Well, last week was the funeral ones, which I said that Bye 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 was going to play at my funeral. So. <laughs> that was a good choice. So good. All I got uh, to hear was taps and then some very weird Christian reform hymns. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, get involved with the show. We would love it if you would do that. LittleRedBandWagon.com, where you can certainly submit feedback or shop our stuff. ThrowYourPhone.com for all your 
hugs and throws of the phones, your frustrations, your congratulations, anything you want to talk about, come see us on our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com with longer, more involved things. Uh, so we lost our phone line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, so I'm saying send us a voice message yes. memo, record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us. Or if you're f- friends with us on Facebook, you can drop it in one of our inboxes or anything like that. We still want to hear from you. And you can, of course, fax Bobby your butt <laughs> at 617-354-8513. And with that, Meredith, please get us out of here. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. We miss you. Coven out. Woo! <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I like that we like whisper to Jen like she's going to hear it. Like it's some bad love you, signal. <laughs> we love you. Come back, please. <laughs>